get into Gate. This is episode 224, talking Stargate Atlantis. Those of us that are here today, Mitch, that's me, Matty. Wow, tell me you're not passive-aggressive without telling me you're well, not Well, I went to say, because my usual thing is the full Get Into Gate team is here, and that would have been a lie, so I yeah. went to say, hey, the the Get Into Gate team that is here, and it came out, it did come out passive-aggressively, and that's yeah. that's not that wasn't my intention. Sure, it was but, but, I mean, we're live here. There's no way I could possibly edit that out. Nah. So, just roll on. Yeah. I mean, it's, the rest of the show will be edited, it's obviously. Committed now. We're it's, committed to now. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm at, we're at a radio station right now. It feels like we should be going live. Yeah. Unless we say, or then you'll edit it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't, not the R word. <laughs> Whoa. Recession. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait. What did you. Doesn't matter. We move okay. on. We're talking Inferno. We've <laughs> got some audio, laddie. <laughs> Oh, God. I have no idea what that could be. Yeah. But, man, am I interested. Inferno, episode 19 of season two of Stargate SG-1, or as I would like to call it, the penultimate episode of the season, because I finally get to say Ooh. that again. It's T- been a hot minute. Tuck it into your, your belt there, Mitch. <laughs> just, just lift it up and tuck it in. Hang on. Yeah, there you go. There's the buckle. Just like, oh. that's in- wow, that's impressive. Isn't it? Past the belly button. Thank wow. you. <laughs> yeah, right over the top. <laughs> like my mother's dressed me for first grade. No, I was, uh, I was talking about your penis. Oh, right, right. Not just how like tight I was, I was putting I was, my pants. Yeah, no, I was okay. saying how long it is it's gone past up your belly button. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, if, if I was out tanning right now, like huge um, <laughs> tan mark. Like a human sundial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's noon again, is it? Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, Brennan's not here this week. Uh, we're talking... It doesn't uh, feel like it with all that <laughs> You're right, actually. You yeah. know what? We both need to up our penis quota this week. Yeah. Yes. Why did I say I'm up not, the penis quota? Even, I could have just... In, in, yeah. No, increased the penis quota. Um, no, if, if you have a penis quota, then that's a whole, yeah. maybe that's a whole that, bag of worms. Maybe that's why Brennan's not here this week. He's got a bit of penis quota. Oh, he's got to fulfill his penis quota. <laughs> He went from having the SETI cough to the penis <laughs> quota. Uh, mate, stop playing with your old fella. That's I all we're going to say. You know, sometimes he and Reese just need to get together. <laughs> mate, what? Just have some brotherly love. It's the, the Gibson Brothers podcast reunion. <laughs> Quite literally, all bets are off. Um, we wish him well. We wish we wish, we wish, wish him well. Yeah, um, give it hell. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Fight down, give it hell. Yeah. Um, okay. Don't know how to transition from that. That's why we no. don't edit, because otherwise, if I did, I would have, you know, edited seamlessly into. Oh no, we'll go. Welcome to Get It Again. Hey. Yeah, there we go. No, it'd be something more like. <laughs> so anyway, you know, like cut in from the laughter, because then I can just mix it in from anywhere. It's harder when there's only two of us, though. I know. You know, it doesn't work so well. That's yeah. why it's this is so um, long in the tooth. This bit, because I'm trying to find it as if it is live. Hey, something I am excited about, uh, and mm. I'll tell you why in a second. Yeah. This is directed by Peter Deloise, and yeah. I'll tell you why. I didn't see it when I watched the episode, yeah. but I would have bet my life on it while watching. Oh. Um, so anyway, we'll get into the okay. synopsis of Inferno, and then I'll tell you Call why. Call me intrigued. The team is called upon to a distant village, cor- not cornered, concerned by strong tremors when McKay heads... Is that English? <sighs> village concerned by... I mean, is it one of those words that, depending on how it, the context, it's read differently? Like read and read, you know Where, what I mean? Where's the village, though? They're, they're living in an ancient it, outpost. It's, it's another planet. Yeah. Okay, we'll start again. The team is called upon to a distant village. Concernedly said cornered again. The team is called upon to a distant village concerned by strong tremors. 
I'm losing the voice here. I'm just reading. When McKay heads underground to investigate the problem, he finds that the tremors are being caused by a super volcano. You can go underground for that. The leader agrees to evacuate his people. Well, However, no, he didn't. However, the team becomes stranded when the gate is destroyed by lava. Written by Carl Binder. Correct. Directed by Peter DeLuise. Now, I will just jump ahead uh, and, you know, absolutely nothing to do with anything that is in the uh, synopsis there. Mm. But it is well, actually... I mean, nothing in the episode had to do with that <laughs> synopsis. Absolutely right. What if we had one good synopsis a couple of weeks ago where it was actually like, oh, shit, yeah, oh yeah, that actually that's is... kind of what happened. That's what happened. Uh, it's the thumbnail image on the, uh, on the DVD slip. Is it Brandy Ledford's boobs? Is that how you know it's a Peter DeLuise episode? No, but is that her? That's okay. Yes. Well, we'll talk about um, that a little bit more. Yeah, no doubt. Um, no, the like security guard for the um, the leader of the, oh, the guy that just opened the doors just and never said a word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never spoke. He was and co- also could be a model. Yes, yeah. I was going to say because you know I love this guy. He is kind of like Frank Grillo Light. Uh, Crossbones, uh, MCU, okay. just a sort of with it with a touch of um, Tyler Hecklin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Grillo by way of Tyler Hecklin. Yeah, but says absolutely nothing, and that's yeah. why I thought I bet this is. I, I wish I would have looked back because I thought I bet that's a Deloise episode, and I bet that's a De- Deloise decision that that guy says absolutely nothing yeah. in the entire episode. He's in a lot of scenes. Yeah. And, and that leader seemed to look at him for, he's kind of like a caddy, and the golfer looks at him and goes, mm. hey, what do, what do you reckon? Like The leader's there making decisions, but looking over to this bloke, and the guy's kind of like, not even saying, yes, that's okay that you make that decision, just reassuring him that, yeah, no, absolutely, gay, okay, good for you. Yeah. Believe in yourself. But, and he seemed very... Front and center, involved. Mm, mm. Kind of, same as there was another scene later on where they're like, I don't know, they're they're in the main control room and they're talking, and there's just like generic female scientist standing next to like a rear projector, <laughs> yeah. very involved in everything that's going on, but not at, at all acknowledged or spoken to. Mm, or did mm. ha- ha- yeah, it was it was interesting. Now I also w- while watching this episode, I wanted to bring that guy up and go, oh, is this a Peter Deloise thing? If it's a Deloise episode, mm. but I thought the fact that these people end up making it to Atlantis. They're there. They're safe. Yeah. And this is leading directly into. Well, it's not necessarily a. You know, it's not a two part or anything. But it is leading directly into uh, the finale next week. Yeah. I mean, for all I know, that silent guy is going to be revealed as like the Padme to this leader's oh. like Kira Knightley. Uh, and look, oh, this isn't this. Okay, this is not a. This is not a Star Wars thing, but I'll give myself. That's one. Okay, there, that's there's there's my that's one. This would be a really weird podcast if I like wrap myself out for three, and then you have to go. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a reference to another um uh, another franchise. I should have given myself a that's one for Marvel too for Trent Grillo, but we move on. Um, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> you don't owe me that after the last couple of weeks. Um, I should have started at plus two. Um, that yeah, he would be revealed to be something a little bit more important yeah. or relevant um, other than just a, a joke that Deloise put in because I wasn't yeah. sure at the time but I'm like I'm going to come in all guns are blazing you and Brendan and go hey this guy's so funny he says nothing and he means nothing ha 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 and you guys are like oh man wait until yeah. next week yeah wait till next week is revealed he's another Michael and he's a, he's, a, he's a wraith <laughs> that's been turned human yeah well that wouldn't surprise me because it, it like you said maybe because he should be a model he's you know, too handsome to be. I mean, yeah, Peter Deloise does love his beefcake. Yeah, that's true. You actually. know, I think the only the only other way you could have told that this was a Peter Deloise episode is if he just had no sleeves mm. and just had some guns out. You're right. Yeah. And if anything, he was wearing 
things that were too at one stage he waved his hand to let someone in the room mm. and that was we sort of got like this side profile and i just saw how generic and baggy his pants were and yeah. it's like they're just being taken out of the costuming department like what's yeah. so, you're a 34 uh, yeah, yeah um sure his tunic was... number brown seven you know yeah, like that was, that was cole meany the, the janai guy from <laughs> yeah. it's just his pants yeah. yeah like it was there was nothing particularly special about it and i'm like oh this guy just might be nothing but that might be the gag yeah. so i'm actually really glad to see that and i feel like thing. he kind of disappeared too by the time the chancellor guy got to atlantis mm. Was he even there? Like, did he come through the gate with the Chancellor guy? I feel like by the time the Chancellor got up to the control mm. room and he's like, you planned this all along. I don't think we saw that ever saw that guy again. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. I think in, in I've maybe got a false memory that he was there because mm. he was always there near that Chancellor leader guy. Yeah. But maybe not. Maybe, yeah. uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe he got taken by the lava or something. Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess, you know, in Atlantis, you know, all the doors open themselves. So the Chancellor was <laughs> like, I don't need you. <laughs> this guy's out of the job. Yeah. He barely had a job to begin with. <laughs> um, Turns out he actually left. He was actually in that group of people with um, Taylor and Ronan. The ones yes. that were just like, we're going to go and cross the river and we'll be fine. Now that guy, the leader of that little group, I, I feel like I've seen him. In he a... was a guy, in the audio commentary they mentioned he was a guy from a thing. Yeah. But I didn't recognize any of it. Oh, you know, you know, of all the things that I think that I know him from, mm. I, ble- I I want to say that he was like Attila the Hutt or... Hun? Huh? That, that's Jabba the Hutt and Sorry, Attila, Hun. The, did I, did Attila I say, the Hun. You said, I say Hutt. That's that's the most fantastic. <laughs> oh no! I Do see. I have to give myself a that? No, I don't. Um, Attila <laughs> the Hutt. Uh, Attila the Hun or um, Genghis Khan from the Night at the Museum films. It is amazing. I was just talking to Jacob the other day. About I'm gonna. The, you keep those... talking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna holly this. So I'm gonna Google it. Well, I'm yeah. I'm on IMDb looking him up now okay. to see if I can find the thing. You you keep. It's just funny, like, I was talking to Jacob about this the other day. I've never seen any of the Night at the Museum. Neither of the really? Nights at the Museum. Yeah. No, there's three. Oh, there's three now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you... We should make that a thing. They are, honestly, mm. they're they're an underappreciated trilogy. Second one, second one I actually watched on... Oh, you, you wouldn't... I think you're right. Holy shit. That's him. And yeah, what's he, wow. what's he play? What's it say he plays? Patrick Gallagher. Yep. Night at the Museum. Attila the Hun. Oh, Mitchell, you've done Damn. it again. Wow. Look at you go. You know what? And you here I'm, I've seen him in a hundred things. I bet that's the only thing that I've seen that guy. No, that's not true. He's way too familiar. I don't only know him with long hair like he has in that. I mean, to bring it back to Marvel, he was in Captain Marvel. He was the security chief in Captain Marvel. Whatever that may be. And that's yeah. like, that's on brand at the moment with Secret Invasion, yeah? Oh, no. I've, get, oh. I've doubled. I'm sorry. I've doubled Marvel myself. I brought uh, that up for no reason. That's yeah. a that's one. <laughs> I, get, I get like 17 that's ones. Man, if there's a James wow. Bond reference here, I'll just keep starting Another again. Another three minutes. I'm only doing this by myself. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, he was at all the Night at the Museums. Night at the Museum, yeah. Night at the Museum 2, something about well, something look, else. Side panel, side notes, you, mm. you should or we should definitely watch those because those are fun. Okay. Um, second one, not as great, um, but I did watch it, you wouldn't believe it, on the way to seeing the third one. It had been out for years. The third one was, if it wasn't the last completed film that Robin Williams did, it was the second last complete or something like it was right oh. it came out after his death and oh, see i know that he was doing that he was doing that tv show with sarah michelle geller um, oh that's true yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's right he was that. that's that that wasn't completed was it they 
No, I think they got their first okay. season out. They got a first season out, but yeah. then, yeah. Well, this one, like, because, okay, Night at the Museum, you understand what happens, right? Yeah. Ben Stiller's a security guard. Things come to life. He's one of the things that comes to life. Mm. So, obviously, there are times when it's day at the museum and he's not alive. There's a moment, like, basically, he has this monologue. Yeah. Uh, I believe about farewells in the third film that was obviously filmed and written and shot and all that sort of stuff before he died that took, um, I was in tears watching that because it was Robin Williams basically farewelling the holy shit that destroyed me. Um, So yeah, side note, because of Attila the Hut Hun um, that features in this episode for about 14 seconds, uh, you should watch Night of the Museums. uh, (laughs) Well, it turns out he was also in SG-1 back in season six's Abyss, the first time we're introduced to... Baal and and uh, Jack's in the in the in the gravity yes. cell, and uh, Ascended Daniel comes to meet him for the first time. He plays the crucial role of Jafar Commander. Uh huh. Yeah, okay. He's in that episode apparently. There you go. But no, there was something. Um, the the in the director's commentary, they're referring to something that he was in and made him like like repeat a line from this. But oh, none of these movies are jumping out at me. Mm. So have a listen to the DVD commentary if you can. Because just throwing in just a little surprise like they like to do for us. Hi, I'm Peter DeLuise, uh, director of this episode entitled Inferno. And I am Peter DeLuise. Hey. Otherwise known as Gary Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Peter DeLuise. And Gary Jones from a different show, even. I'd just like to, to thank you, Gary, for joining me. I, a lot of people ask me, why does Gary Jones do commentary on Atlantis with you, Peter, if Gary is, in fact a cast member of SG-1. Right. And I say to them, I need Gary. Without Gary, that all seems pointless. For me, it's it, it makes it all worthwhile to be able to do this with you. I mean, I'm I'm half being kidding, but I'm but I am serious that I do appreciate your your participation. And also, when I say that I, you know it just doesn't seem worth it without you. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Right. I, but Gary, I do think it is Gary, time to put your shirt back on. <laughs> Gary, I can't quit you. <laughs> so, okay, since they're last, they're not allowed to do it anymore. Yeah. Is this the third one? But I feel like the first one was recorded after, sorry, before they weren't allowed to do it anymore. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. Chronologically speaking, the episode came after, so they, that was a cheat version. But I feel like twice since then? Yeah, since yeah. since we heard them say this is going to be our last commentary, this yeah. has got to at least be the second one mm, so far. Mm. So How they sneak this one through, Cooper? I don't know. Maybe he wasn't paying attention over too on Atlantis. Too busy directing last oh, week's yeah. episode, ranting and raving about how many... Jo- He's got too many jobs, mate. He's wearing so many hats he can't even he, see. Yeah, he was too busy just, you know... Just, you know, working craft service. They were able to sneak in, record mm. an entire director's commentary, yeah. and leave the building before Cooper had stopped talking about how many jobs he had on one episode. Yeah. By that stage, it's like, what? He's, uh, and uh, I was also the driver. And like by that stage, <laughs> Gary Jones has left the car park. Yeah. Brilliant. He's on hiatus for the rest of the season. And, you know, he's done. <sighs> Love it. Fantastic. Oh, so good. good. Okay. That's another one we're going to look forward to. It's like yeah. another 42 minutes of just watching this episode. <laughs> Listen to those guys, which I will say, first timer, uh, Atlantis. Um, mm. I really like this episode. This is. This was way better than I remember. Yeah. I just remember this as being just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. We get a ship. Because going into it, I'm thinking about the last line that was in the previous Atlantis episode, yes. which you guys referred to in our podcast saying, when. 
uh, shepherds there going, we're going to need more firepower. And you guys are like, yeah. why would he say that? He doesn't know what's happening next week. Mm. Um, it just seems like it's the writers putting what they know yeah. into the characters' mouths as opposed to the story. Because he also doesn't know until about 10 or 15 minutes into this episode that there's even there's a even, ship. There's a hive ship coming. Yeah. Uh, three weeks away. And I'm like, that's a really long yeah. distance there was, range. There was a really clumsy lines in there about how, like, you know, the people were like, oh, we've been sending out SOSs for a while and mm. no one responded. And he was like, yeah, sorry about that. But like, why do we need any of that? Yeah, that, that was, was weird. That like, was odd. Because he's like, oh, we've been trying so many different frequencies. Um, we didn't think anyone was going to be out there. And then instead of just going, well, I'm glad you finally found us, yeah. which would have been a good way to explain it, even if they had have been denying it. He's like, yeah, we've just been busy. I'm like, oh, so you you have been hearing them? Yeah. He's so- just being dicks? Because last episode, you were dicks. And what now, I'm like, at one stage in this episode where the leader was accusing them of setting this whole thing up, I'm like, eh, they po- they, I wouldn't they, put them. I don't, I'm not saying that they went in and, you know, chucked a, a, a nuke into the super volcano to stir it up. But, uh, yeah, based on what happened last time, it's not it's not mm. out of the realm of possibility that they would completely fuck shit up just to get that big ship if yeah. they knew about it. Yeah. I mean, they would have done it for a half dozen drones at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually, it was one of those really like, oh, sit up on the couch moments when they went down further, further, so far that your ears pop and there's a ship there. That, yeah, yeah wow, that's cool. That's when Shepard had to tuck it in his belt. <laughs> Just went from six to midnight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. No, it was, um, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, if it was better uh, than, than you remembered because... Mm. I don't know, it was, uh, I, we've probably seen, you know, this sort of stuff before quite often we've sped up something bad that's happening to the planet anyway, but yeah. to get there, okay, it's a matter of convenient timing, but it wasn't just like, it wasn't like it has been before exactly, but the idea of like, hey, well, we switched this on and we didn't know what it was, but we wanted to be super safe. So we've been like, you know, sending out signals and, and, and getting it bounced back so we can keep track of what's happening and staying safe on the radar. And also shields are at maximum. Mm. You're like, yeah, you've just hastened your own extinction, though. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. And then, of course, why wouldn't the leader go, hey, we've just found this ship. Oh, hang on. So- sorry, you found this super-powered ancient ship. That's so crazy. You guys are about to die. You should totally leave here. And, hey, we'll we'll, we'll go and have a look at the thing and maybe we can fix it up. And, mm. maybe like, we probably take it, I guess. So, every, you know, they look sus. But um, just the sort of speed at which it all happened and... Even learning about, like, I don't, you know, I've probably come across the knowledge of, of super volcanoes before, but just the way that he's explaining it to Weir, saying, hey, you think about, you know, a little triangular mountain. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and you're thinking about this mountain and, and this volcano. No, I'm talking about Yellowstone National yeah. Park. And, you know, I'm like, I watch, I watch Yellowstone. That's really big. Um, uh, and I'm like, holy shit. So that's, that's what a super volcano is. Wasn't that is. a Pierce Brosnan movie where there was like a big volcano? Dante's Peak. Yeah. 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 Uh, the more believable version of Volcano, the Tommy Lee Jones That's film. They right. It was one of those years where Hollywood released the same film twice. Same as like Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yeah, that was what ninety. That was ninety eight. But yeah, ninety seven. Dante's Peak and yeah. uh, Volcano. Where Volcano was like, oh, L A. Perfectly fine. All of a sudden, massive volcano coming up from beneath the streets. Yeah. Was that the one where there was like two people getting it on in a hot tub and then they boiled alive? That was Dante's Peak. I think yeah, that was a hot right, spring. Right, right. Yeah, ah, right, that was right, how right, they right, sort right, of right, found right, it. Right, like, right. oh, some Pierce Brosnan comes along in between making Bond films. Mm. Like, oh, some weird shits going on. And then it's like they go over a hot spring. Two people are naked and just like boiled alive. And, you know, a river turned to acid, Love you it. know, it was great. So much great stuff. Yeah. Grand, grandma got burnt. 
um, pushing a little dinghy across the river. Oh Great film. You remember the weirdest things. Linda Hamilton. Mate, that shit scarred me. I'm like, again, another, another side quest. I'm 11 when that film came out. And they're all going to die because acid is eating this this metal boat. And, you know, the propeller's getting chewed up by the acid. The boat's getting sizzled from within. There's two kids, these her two grandkids, who she's a bit of a bitch to. And it's her daughter-in-law. Like, her son is long gone, but she still kind of gives a shit about her, her daughter-in-law. And then this new... James Bond looking motherfucker who's kind of hitting on her daughter-in-law now that her son's dead and they're all going to die and she just decides to sacrifice herself jump out the boat and push it to shore while the acid eats at her legs and she is screaming this old woman in her little sweater and she is screaming while the score kicks in and I'm just watching this at 11 just my jaw open like ah oh, this is what death is this scares me <laughs> see I do remember the weirdest shit but um, that, that lives rent free in my head and I don't want it to wow yeah oh we're talking about the Chancellor too. Did he look familiar to you? Yes, but I couldn't tell you where from. He, well, Stargate. He I, was. I, I actually figured it was. I'm like, I bet he's a reused uh, actor. But yeah, I'm back, like, it could have been last year. Could have been seven years back ago. Back in season one. Shit. Okay. Um, he was the he was the Doctor before we had Fraser. Oh my god. He was like a Doctor for a couple of episodes back in like season one. Yeah. And then he came back in season. Three when Daniel was crazy because of the little invisible bugs. Remember mm. when they put him in the in the padded room? Yep, yep, yep. He was the doctor in that one too. Holy shit! Yeah, that's like I don't want to re like reusing actors is one thing, and I'm, really, I mean that guy didn't play a pivotal role, but mm. to play someone that was like a recurring person on base. Okay, it was in a different series within the Stargate franchise, but um. Yeah, that's a bit... Yeah. But then they did it again with Brandy Ledford. So she was in Stargate SG-1 as well. She was back in season seven's Endgame. This is the blonde scientist. Yeah. yeah. Where she was the Tok'ra pretending to be um, uh, yeah. a Gua'ul. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I know. I, I knew I recognized her from somewhere, but I'm like, hang on, does she... Like, the fact that they came to Atlantis and she was very, you know, science-focused... Uh, mm. Is she going to become some type of, you know, series semi-regular? You know, is she going to be one of those secondary characters? And have I just seen her in clips or photos or something ongoing? But also she looks a lot like the actress Elizabeth Rom, who I know as like one of the assistant district attorneys from Law & Order. I want to say yes for you. One of the Law and & Orders. And also she played a very, 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 very similar character in the Buffy spin-off show, Angel. Elizabeth Rom or this saga. Elizabeth Rom. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. she played I'm like. Glad a, you get the, the know the name. That's she great. played a yeah. She played a Los Angeles cop. Holy shit! Like a begrudging yeah. cop for like two and a bit. Seasons. So she looks like her, but I guess like sci-fi sexier version in a way. <laughs> yeah. Like this. This is one of the few episodes that um, I I sat down to like you know very rarely do I get a chance to actually sit down front of the TV, big screen, and watch an episode, start to finish, no interruptions. Mm. And my wife, Sarah, my sitting wife. there, my wife, is uh, there, and she went to sit there next to me. I, oh, you're going to... And all of a sudden, I get kind of embarrassed because I'm like, this <laughs> is, I'm watching it for fun, but I'm also watching it for research. Mm. And, you know, then you got McKay, who's just bumbling his words, lots of, lots of sexual innuendo. Oh. And then you get this... She wasn't like... 
you know, Vala and some of her finest or some of the, the or, I guess, um, probably a even, niece. yeah, a niece or, yeah, probably even this, this actress's, you know, toker equivalent where they're dressed in a very sci-fi, like, yeah. hey, women are hot, men need to be covered up sort of way. But obviously she's like a beautiful woman yeah. and she's wearing a very tight fitting dress and they and that, make a real point. And that weird moment where Weir says to Shepard, she's like, oh. so what's the chance I look like? And he's like... I don't know. He's a dude. I didn't look because I'm a straight man. But this is where I really wish Brendan was here because I laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and oh man, I hope he's killing himself that he's not here for this particular moment because mm. you know they're trading off. She's like, "Where's McKay?" Oh, he's no, he's real busy back there. And she's like, "Because the uh, yeah, the the doctor is uh, hot." And he's like, "No, I was going to say very attractive." Mm. Oh, and McKay's acting whatever she said, and he's like, mm. "I was going to say pathetic." Yeah. And then he's like, anyway, I'm going to go back off because th- that doctor, you know, needs my assistance with something. And then all of a sudden, Weir's like, I better come too. I better come off world right now because you were just talking about a really hot scientist that you're kind of friendly with and I immediately must be there. And I'm like, holy, did you do this for Brendan in 15 years? Yeah. Is that why this scene exists? And then she played it off. I was like, well, I'm going to go and see if the Chancellor's hot because, <laughs> you know, I don't even look twice at you, John. No. Yeah. Holy shit. That just that got me. Um, yeah, that was hilarious. She, um, Brandy Ledford also, funnily enough, she was the character that replaced Dr. Lamb mm. in Andromeda. Oh, okay. When, uh, I can't remember her name now, the, like uh, Dr. Lamb, her real, like Michael Shanks' wife in real life. Oh, God. Um, Lexa. Lexa, Lexa Doig. Mm. She left first half a season or whatever Andromeda when she was pregnant with Michael Shanks' baby. Mm. And Brainy Ledford was the one that replaced her as like the AI of the ship. Oh, so I, that's right. I remember you talking yeah, about that. Because mm. A, Brainy's been in the show before, and also her ex husband, Martin Cummins, was mm. in that season six episode where like Jonas and, the, and everyone's trapped on the planet with those mm. people who are like prisoners on the ship uh, and, yeah. and the Cerberus and all that kind of stuff. Where that whole thing about Cummins and all. You don't remember that, do you? No, I remember. I remember the. I remember the fact that yeah. we had fun with Cummins. Waddy Cummins. Yeah. <laughs> and Waddy Cummins. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But by, this, so... by this point, they were divorced, so he wasn't coming there anymore. And like you know, there's so many programs out there, but it is such a. It's its own side of let's just say Hollywood, for lack of yeah. a better term. It's such an incestuous little pool, isn't it? Oh, sci-fi. Bro. It's like you're a, you're a TV sci-fi actor, and then it's just like, yeah. well, you just just jump between them and wait till you get to allies in two weeks time yeah, uh, the, right. the finale for Atlanta season two yeah oh my god mm, okay incredible <laughs> incredible 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 um and the other incestuous part about it is Brandy Ledford's other show that she used to be on yeah. with Jason Momoa she was on Baywatch Hawaii with him oh bullshit yeah. well yeah, well, hang on that makes total that tracks. sense that absolutely beautiful tracks beautiful young blonde woman like. yeah <laughs> and then you don't see her speaking of blonde women I'm no, I won't say she's not beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, what you uh, may miss in this episode, but we'll see in next week's episode, which I believe will be the finale for SG1. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lot. Nancy Martin. She was the 2005 winner for, get this, Get In The Gate. <laughs> what? Which is a competition that uh, Stargate used to run where you could win a cameo in the TV show. Mm-hmm. It happened a couple of years ago with... Um, uh, remember when there was Blonde Weir and she was being briefed by the president and there was the whole Kinsey stuff? Yeah. There was like a, a woman that like 
the president kind of ushered out before he had his meeting with mm. Weir. Oh, yes. She was a competition winner as well. Yeah, that's right. I remember you saying that. So this woman, uh, Nancy Martin, she was a 2000, 2005 winner. She won a part in both. So she had a little moment in here as one of just the re- the generic townspeople, which I didn't really spot her. Mm. But she actually gets a much bigger part in next week's episode, um, the finale for SG-1, where she plays the, what would you call him, like the mayor of the little Camelot town. Yeah. Uh, she plays the wife okay. of John Noble. John yep. Noble's in it. Yep. Um, spoiler alert. Um, so, yeah, she's just there standing next to him in this little hood the, like for the whole episode. Mm. They're like, we're going to make sure she doesn't get cut out of these ones. So she's just standing next to John Noble playing his playing um, his wife. That's cool. For the whole episode. Well, We're, we're going to get through it because this is Atlantis. But, mm. I mean, a word of warning to you. I make no promises, and I'm sure Brendan wouldn't either, that we're not going to. There's going to be some Denethor chat, okay? With John Noble coming in, there's obviously going to be... He's done a lot of other stuff. He's on Fringe for 100 years. I get it. He's done a lot of stuff. Do you know what his, one of his more regular roles was just recently? Mm-hmm. He was the bad guy on the new Star Trek show. The animated one, the Janeway prodigy. Oh, Star Trek that's prodigy. right. I think yeah. I remember you saying. Yeah, 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 he did the yeah. voice for the bad guy yeah. on that one. Yeah. Yep. I mean, can you just... Can you... And the water's warm, can you... That's why. Is, yeah, that, no, is, that, is that okay? That's why I paused. Okay, great. Okay, yeah, good, no, good, good. Uh, you know, that one's fine. You know, I just feel like we're, I mean, I've got two of them, so you know, <laughs> it's all right. It's a, it's, a, it's a friendly pool. Yeah. Can I talk about the most weird and off-putting thing I noticed in this entire episode? Mm-hmm. It's completely pathetic, but what the hell was that belt Weir was wearing? Did you see that? No. She <laughs> had this little, like, black belt with, I think, like, you know how Carter has that little scanning device? You know, Carter sometimes walk around with like a little PS, like mm-hmm. PSP, whatever it is. We was wearing a jack, a, like a that a, over the top of her jacket. Like when she went to the planet, okay. she put her official Atlantis jacket on. I'm just going to scan through the episode and have on, a look on the absolute legitimate uh, streaming source that you're watching it on. Um, yes, I've, I've got access to MGM, mate. Obviously, of plus you do. on Amazon Prime, of Bezos course. is getting twice my money. Yeah, how dare you? <sighs> Especially in that scene we were talking about before, where ridiculously handsome guy opens the door and then we walks in to talk to the chancellor. Yeah. She's just wearing this black belt around her like gray jacket. And it's got like, it's like a Batman utility belt. It's got all these little pockets hanging off it. Mm-hmm. And at no okay. point is it registered, like referenced in the entire episode, nor does she do anything with it the entire time she's away. Okay. Oh no, I can see that now. Yeah. They're, uh, they're briefing it where they got the window out to, um, to the volcano. Yeah. And or where the, the the gate, sorry, where the volcano ends up erupting. So yeah. uh, I've just seen it. Yeah, it's like a black Batman utility belt. Yeah, there's like a little pouch on the side that looks like it's holding a PS One or whatever, or PSP, or whatever it's called. Especially what, what is that color? What's the jumpsuit? Is that can That's I say like gray? Gray. Like I'll gray, say gray. Charcoal. Yeah. Oh, it's and probably the, even too light to be charcoal. And it's got I would like the gray. the flame red sort of yeah. sections in the middle of it. So it's a very busy jumpsuit anyway. And then just a black belt again over the top. Not, yeah. Not attached to her pants, keeping her pants up, and then a jacket over the top. They've put it. Over her jacket. Yeah. And I mean, since, I know this is an audio medium, but since I've shown you the video, mm-hmm. we have had nothing but close-up shots of her face. Excellent. We've had no wide shots to see the uh, to see the belt. But yeah, go back and yeah. check it out. Yeah, it's 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 odd. I don't understand it at all. Is it another one of those things where <laughs> Deloise like, where is this? <laughs> Why? I wonder Doesn't if it's matter. one of those weird sexist things where it's like she had it on, but then it made her hips look bulky when she put the jacket on. So they're like, well... We've got to put it around over the top because we can't have your hips looking fat. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Hey, this is the mid to late 2000s. Yeah. Absolutely. That would have probably come into yeah. it. Yeah. But then like, why not? 
why, why did she need it? Mm. Like, she doesn't use it, at any, unless there was a deleted scene or whatever, but she doesn't use it for anything. Yeah, look... She's not doing any science. She's no. There, she's there to negotiate oh, mate, with just old mate. Ask her at the end. She obviously, you know, the way she's been going, <sighs> she definitely fixed it. Just looking at this, I mean, there's so many attractive... I know it's sci-fi and we have a lot of fun with this sort of mm. stuff, but you look at Mr. Silent Type and then you look at, yeah, the blonde scientist, like... And also watching this on the big screen. Oh, there's the belt. Okay. Yeah, that's fantastic. It does look strange. Yeah, it's like it's it's holding in as if as if the zip was broken on her jumpsuit. Yeah, it's the equivalent of um that episode of The Simpsons where um Lisa Lisa designs the Malibu Stacy and then they bring it <laughs> now with a hat. Yeah. It's we're we're season two with belt. Yeah, that's that's the new action figure. Is yeah. we're with belt. Yeah. Yeah. You just had to pay a premium, $47 for this new action figure. <laughs> just so many beautiful people in that scene. And because mm. I was watching it, yeah, on the big screen, and it's, you know, nice and clear. You've done all right for yourself. As opposed to watching it on my laptop. And um, and I'm, sit- again, with my wife sitting there, and it just, it it looked like it was shot on video as opposed to film, right? Whatever we'd been previously watching on TV, obviously shot on film. So mm. it looks different. It looks a little bit cleaner. Um, the background's a bit more in focus, but everything. And the frame rate's up, so it just moves differently. It looks differently. It's clean. It's crisp. And then you got this beautiful blonde woman, really handsome, tall, silent type guy in the background. Mm. And it's like, okay, so everything looks great. The people are beautiful, but we're here talking about, what, a volcano on a distant planet. It's like, so we're talking about really geeky, nerdy stuff, but we're surrounding it with really hot people. Yeah, like, what, the, what else do we want? What was know? the term McKay would always use for like the part of the volcano we were on? Like the, the crusted over opening? The mm, don't know. Something, I'm like, I've never heard that word before. Mm. I mean, I believe the hell out of him when he says it. Yeah. But I'm like, okay. And we really were. I mean, when they were running out and then the lava just erupts in front of the gate. Yeah. Now, based on what we know that the, uh, the minerals and material, I know lava's Super dangerous, yeah. But uh, based on what we know about what the gate is made out of, and 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 what it can withstand, what we've seen it withstand in the past, mm. would lava have destroyed the gate, or would it just like have sunk into the yeah molten I, magma, the liquid hot magma? <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously, there's no way for them to access the gate now. Yeah. But yeah, I don't necessarily. Given that it's like Carter was able to send one into like the coronasphere mm. of a collapsing sun or whatever. Mm. I mean, granted, that had like a shield around it and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I th- I think maybe maybe the uh, the Pegasus ones aren't as sturdy as the old um, mm. the old Milky Way ones. Yeah, you know they are digital. So yeah, <laughs> it's you know the the um, the Milky Way Stargates are like a Nokia thirty three ten. Yeah, and the you know the 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 Pegasus ones are like an, they're I- an Apple. They're an iPhone. Yeah, they're, they're don't just, drop it. Yeah, that thing's cracking. Yeah, you don't need to go get it. Oh, sorry, you've had that for more than two years. You don't yeah. need a new one. Yeah, in two years they've got to change the charging port and you've got to redo everything. <laughs> oh, the DHD that's no good anymore. Yeah, I'm so sorry. No. Yeah, no, we've we've actually changed all the addresses. Six, sorry, seven point. No, no, no. you're gonna need. It's gonna need eight. Yeah. Yeah, none of that's good. You're going to need a and, software update. Yep, you're going to need um, earplugs, mm. uh, separate earplugs, because we've removed the thing. Someone pops in, you should get a Samsung. Oh, I'm sorry, that's one. Samsung's belong <laughs> in another franchise. Please. They're the uh, the more, um, uh, what's the word? And the fact that I can't think of the word is so ironic, considering the word I'm trying to... Um, cerebral? Cerebral. <laughs> you were just po- like, you were pointing at your brain. I was stroking yeah. my, my temple, going, yeah. Maddie, please think of the smart word for the unsmart person in the room. Um, 
that was honest without knowing that's where the episode was going to go. I mean, good chance it was going to get there. Oh, it's, but a vol- mean, it's the volcano episode. But so. they also like they could have destroyed a lot of shit and not been able to access the gate, or something happened yeah. without actually having the gate sink down. But when they were talking about the fact that hey, there's a chance that like we might get some like I don't know lava might be around, might get a little little moat of lava, might be some poisonous gas off a hundred k's away. We don't know. I'm looking at that sh- that shot, that wide shot where you're looking at the at the gate, you know, a couple of hundred meters away from the facility, and I'm thinking, cool, 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 cool. Can we like, maybe as a precaution, maybe move that? I don't yeah, know, like inside the shield bubble that they're in. That that would work. Yeah, you know, it, within the shield bubble. If if that's not going to work, if you've got no way to like drop it in, like at the SGC. Uh, what's this? Sorry, it's a 40 or 50 mile, you're thinking, super volcano? Move it 60 mile. Yeah. Move it 70 mile away. Um, because they seem to like be able to move great distances really quickly, like uh, when they were going to the villages, when um, Line uh, Boots... Boots, um, what's his name? Oh, Beckett. The guy you hate, yeah, Beckett. Be turtles. <laughs> when uh, you know Beckett's out there help, helping the guy that, like the, oh, I love that shot. Like, like the building shook, and they're like, "Oh my god, that was a really bad one." And like Shepherd, are you okay? No, we've had a couple of people suffer, and they go up there, absolutely no damage, and yeah. there's one guy just kind of like sitting on one of the stairs, holding his head, going, yeah. "I hit um, his head like heaps hard." Peter that. Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And then Beckett Ooh. gets up there, and I'm like, he was so far away. Yeah. Unless you've got teleportation devices, mm. and I haven't seen one vehicle here, so unless you're in like some kind of bullet train situation, yeah. he's had to walk back in the tunnels. As we go to learn as the episode goes on, we've got a lot of tunnels, mad tunnels yeah. everywhere. He's had to run a long way back, and he gets back, and this guy is still sitting on the same step. And like, you know, Beckett runs in, McKay. And yeah. he's like, over there. And he runs over. He's like, oh, yeah, let me have a look at it, you know. Yeah. And meanwhile, and- Shepard's just like, well, there's nothing I can do. I'll just let him bleed out over there. <laughs> he's just sitting there. Like, yeah. no one's even no one's even caring for him at this point. And then there's the bit later on where Taylor and Ronan think they're dying from the sulfur gas or whatever. Yeah. And Ronan's like, oh, maybe we should, shouldn't take the tunnels. We should just go back the other way. Mm. And he's like, nah, it's too far. Mm. It wasn't too far for Beckett. No. Mm. No. And I, um, I was wondering in that moment when. They'd been sitting there, you know, struggling for breath for so long. And mm. Taylor said, maybe you were right. Maybe we should have just tried because here we are dying. And maybe mm. we should have tried our luck for just walking back uh, on the surface. And then he gets to Ronan and, and there was no empathy in the way that he said it. It was no, no, Taylor, you were right. Not that they even argued earlier. She was yeah. like, I just honestly think we should stay here. Mm. But he was like, no. And she had a good point. She's yeah. like, the longer we stay breathing, the longer chance yep. there is for us we got, to get we got, As long as there's air in our lungs, there's hope, which yeah. I loved. But when he told her she was right, he's like, no, you're right. She just stayed here. And I'm like, oh, you bastard. Yeah. There's a bit like, I believe that you think that's, but you kind of, there's a little bit of aggression there going, if we do die, I mean, where are we dying? Oh, the place yeah. you s- that you said we should have stayed. Okay. That's so interesting, isn't it? What I thought was interesting about about that whole plot point is McKay um, radios Shepard to let him know that there's like sulfuric gas or whatever leaking through. Bloody, 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 blah. blah, 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 blah. Mm. But then uh, Shepard has to somehow like switch channels to tell Taylor. Yeah. Why weren't they all on the same channel? Like, like they are in every single yeah. other episode. Yeah. Like I was just like, why? Why would? Why would Rodney not just be able to tell Taylor straight away? Yeah. Be, you know, John just go, 
Taylor, you got that? She's like, got it. Especially when they they basically gave you the out um, as it went on, going, oh, there's too much electrical shit in the mm, air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're too far underground. You know, there's some disturbance, whatever. Like, they, they gave you a reason why they couldn't contact them on the channel they were trying anyway. They could have just had that happen uh, a little bit earlier. Like, there was enough threats going on every two minutes, it felt like. There was yeah. another problem that came up. And it, I didn't sit there and feel like, okay, we get it. Oh, this is going from bad to worse. Like, I mm. genuinely felt that every problem built off the last one yeah, in was, a believable way. It was this way to, like, they were able to sustain the tension without yeah. it feeling like they were just dragging on. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. No, it's the way you described it was great. It was just, like, each little problem mm. was just building off everything else. And it wasn't yeah. to the same group every time. You know, yes. like, you'd have a problem to Shepard and co. that were there, but then it was something mm. else would build off what they were going through, to, and it would affect Taylor and, and Ronan. And then even yeah. when you get some... To- like, it wasn't even like we got told earlier, hey, the Daedalus is on its way and at the start of the episode, just to sort of plant a seed. When they were already struggling... It was like, hey, well, the Daedalus is on its way back here. Let's just send it that way. And that's even believable in itself because yeah. the Daedalus is always coming back and forth between yeah. Atlantis and Earth. So that's fine. Send them over there. And which, you know, Caldwell, a bit of a dick move in a way because he's there. They said, hey, we get hundreds of people down here. It was about hundreds, right? There's something like that. Yeah. Um, let's throw everyone up there. He's, hey, whoa, there's only so much air up here and food and stuff. Like, we'll be pushed, man. I don't want to like, we don't want to be shoulder to shoulder with these people. These are strange people. When was the last time they bathed? Um, mm. We'll just take a couple of them and we'll be, we'll be back in like 12 hours. Just just chill out, bro. Yeah, I'd love to know how their, what would you call it, oxygen system mm. works? Because it's like, well, 12 hours, like four trips back and forth. Back, you're, mm. doing, you're doing four 12-hour trips. Well, it's... I don't know whether it was 12 hours each way or like six hours each way for a total of I'm hoping 12? it was six hours each way, yeah, because, I mean, that's already like a 48-hour yeah. problem because they said it would take four, right? Yeah. yeah, but then you're also doing four empty trips back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wouldn't it have been quicker to, yeah, just cram everybody on standing mm. room only because you technically would use less oxygen? Mm. And surely if, like, okay. I mean, maybe, maybe the ship couldn't pump that much oxygen in one hit for that many people, but, yeah, yeah I just feel like the explanation wasn't great. Yeah. And how, how quick does it take to suck a bit of oxygen out of the atmosphere when they get to Atlantis and drop yeah. everyone off? Maybe like, how they got, I guess they're doing that from orbit. But how they got Asgard beaming technology? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I I just like he was too quick to tell them that there was absolutely no way that he yeah. could help, and I'm like, dude, I feel like, I feel like you just don't want to. Yeah. Plus, plus one trip back to Atlantis, scoop up every single puddle jumper they have. Yeah. yeah they yeah. can hold like twenty people yeah. each. Yeah. All and, hands and that on way, deck. And that way they can just like stay in orbit. Mm. You know. Or yeah. Do, you know. And also, like the fact that the Daedalus is where, like I was saying, wasn't. It wasn't the the be all end all solution. It, yeah. it it gave him a little bit of a help, mm. but it didn't fix the problem. So you could have them go back, not even make the life like oh, I don't, maybe we need that so that we can't take everybody, or go from being hundreds to thousands. Yeah, right. So we'll take hundreds at a time. We we honestly we logistically cannot fit thousands of people up here. We yeah. will take as many as we can. Then, like you said, go back, get the puddle jumpers, bring them back. We've already shown that the ship, the size of the Daedalus cannot fix the situation yeah. so throw in two or three puddle jumpers whatever they've got that's clearly not going to help that much yeah. have them bring back every piece of assistance and help that they can throw at this problem and it still not be enough that just makes the tensions and 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 the threat i think even greater 
Because it's not like they're not trying enough. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying this episode suffered because of that. I was just like, no, yeah, Caldwell's a bit of a dick. There's just, yeah, in a perfect world where you've got infinite money, infinite runtime, you can do mm. whatever you want. Because I feel like the other sort of thing we never got any resolution to was Attila the Huns group. Yeah. They left. Yeah. They're dead. Mm. I don't know why we did that in terms... Like, it made sense. Like, it made it feel real world that there's always going to be a group of people that it's just like, no, we're not, we don't, we're not going to do what we're told. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, we don't believe you. We're yeah. going to do it. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> But there was no, like, I don't feel like Taylor felt like she was failing as a as no. a person. To, like, she was just like. No one was going to stop that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to try and to actually stop them would have sacrificed the help that you were giving everybody else. So yeah. it was kind of like, yeah, the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of, of well, of, of all, uh, I guess, in, in yeah. some respects. So I, f- I feel like the conversation Taylor and Ronan should have had while they were dying, instead of being like, maybe we should have gone your way, would have been like. I should have tried harder to stop those people. Yeah. Or something Last like that. Last regrets. Give me, yeah. you know, give give that some resolution. And then building off what you were saying before, imagine if, yeah, there was, on the other side of the river was the actual main settlement or whatever where mm. there were the thousands of people mm. and this guy was going to go to that location because he believed that he was going to get away. And then we end up saving them later on yeah, yeah, yeah. when we save the whole the whole group or yeah. whatever. And there's just a moment between Attila the Hun and Taylor. Yeah. And he kind of acknowledges like, hey, mm, you were mm. right. You know? Yeah. Either that or we do somehow have them. Yeah. Like you said, we, I guess to have seen their dead bodies somewhere, you would have mm. had to have had Taylor and Ronan try on foot. But yeah, the fact that we don't follow that up. One thing we don't like, we don't need to as an audience, but I feel like uh, in story, they probably should have. I mm. found it really strange that once Shepard and co piloted the Orion, yeah. the newly named Orion ship, Which because we... I Because I don't watch the episode enough, I always think the name of the ship is the Inferno. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> that would have been like, great. Yeah. Like, at the end, it's like, what are we going to call it? Because it's not like they mentioned that anywhere else. Like, obviously, yeah. that's to signify the volcano, of course. But, like, why not mm. name it something cool uh, maybe it's got like burn marks at the back of yeah, it it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. obviously it's got a paint job but once they pilot that ship out and they make comms with the uh, Daedalus so yeah we're all good everyone's good here no problem a couple of other exchanges sure but then we cut to slash fade to Atlantis and they're just sort of debriefing with one another I'm like hang on last Shepard knew and McKay knew Taylor and Ronan didn't make it. They had no idea that those guys had been picked up. Oh uh, yeah. They like, hey, we've we've lost contact with them. That we do there's and there was no way the Daedalus was going to get back in time. Yeah, That's why they were rushing the anyway. The focus seemed to shift on the idea that Taylor, Ronan, and Caldwell mm. thought um Shepard and Rodney had would destroyed yeah. when the volcano Yeah, you're right. Like Yeah, that they, they were up there. They were safe at that point, but I just I don't know. I, I feel like any other time there would have just been a moment for Shepard to be like, hey, it's like, oh, you got out. Hey, congratulations. No, 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 no. We've got to go down. Hey, you don't understand. Taylor and Ronan, they're still on the surface. Scan now. And he's like, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, hey, hey, Colonel, Colonel, Colonel. They're here. Don't yeah. worry. You know, like or, then another a secondary celebration right on the heels of the first one. Yeah, well, they, they do it like in uh, SG-1 this last season with the, the episode where the Prometheus got destroyed. Mm. And there was just that moment that, like Jackson and Sam take on the radio, be like, "Hey, good to hear your voice." Mm. You know, yeah, there could have been a moment like where, after Caldwell says, "Hey, we've got you," and then yeah, Shepard says, "Yeah, we're here. And we've got a really big group of people here." Instead mm. of listening to the crew cheer, yeah, 
like they're not professionals, <laughs> um, just doing their job. He had Taylor to say, we were worried about you, John. He's like, Taylor? Ruin it? You guys met? Oh, my God. You know? Exactly, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, maybe they beat him to it before he can. But I just, yeah, I just found that quite, mm. um, I think because as soon as he popped out, I'm like, oh, that's obviously what he'll ask. Yeah. And then he didn't, and I was just waiting for it. So even that five or six seconds until mm. they were all just debriefing in a room together on Atlantis, it seemed like an yeah. eternity for me. But um, Maybe he just felt really comfy in that really awkward-looking chair that he was sitting in on the bridge. He yeah, just didn't well, care. I mean, it did, it did seem really... Like, that moment when they find it, it was like, holy shit, we've got a ship now. Like, we've got a... Mm. We've always had the Daedalus, but that's... We're borrowing that every couple of weeks. Now we've got our own ship. Yeah, because no it, doubt we're going to find a way to make this ours. Yeah. But... Slap a USS... Slap a United <laughs> States Air Force sticker on it. Bang. And it was McKay this time that wanted to call it the Enterprise. Yes. So it's yeah. like he and, he and Jack are just like buddies. <laughs> so that's what I was, I was trying to think. I'm like, was that a previous reference of his or was that somebody else's? Because yeah. this is the fact that McKay went, uh, that Shepard th- said, no, we're not calling it the Enterprise. Don't even start on that. So, um, but that moment, yeah, where he goes and sits in the chair and then um, Hottie McBlonde, he's like, go and sit over there. And she goes and jumps in her own chair. And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. We're forming the team. Uh, Everyone's getting their chairs. This is awesome. I mean, again, I don't know where this is I going. Mean, if you like that, there's a great sci fi show I could introduce you to <laughs> if you like people on a bridge of a ship. Quantum Leap. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is obviously the, the Orion is a reuse of the Aurora set from yeah. a few weeks ago with the very important addition of the chairs we were mm. just talking about. This is a redo of a ship called the Aurora, which was another ancient ship that we had, and it had no seats. <laughs> <laughs> and I was very disappointed about the no seats. So I said, I want seats. And they said, well, we don't have seats. And of course, that's a big money thing, right? So I said, yes, we do have seats. The seats are in the puddle jumper. Take them out and put them in front of these consoles so we can have seats. And they said, yeah, but then it'll be, a, how do you justify it being a different ship? Why does it have seats? And I say, it's the LE. It's the luxury edition. It's got seats. <laughs> I need some seats. <laughs> <laughs> and ashtrays. Right, and cup holders. Right. Jeez, give me a break. Yeah, okay. So on that, just not that anything they said has me asking this question uh, in particular, but so the Aurora, is that's that's that ship from Atlantis, right? Like that was the Atlantis version of that ship? Like, because on there, this, they go really, 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 really deep underground and they find the Orion. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why well, doesn't Atlantis have this? Like Atlantis is the city. It's the city of the of the ancients of uh, of the ancestors. Yeah. Why do they have a fucking cool well, ship? But I think they don't really get too into it. But I'm pretty sure like the Aurora is so big. Oh, sorry, the Orion is mm. so big it wouldn't fit inside Atlantis. It doesn't have to fit inside it though. Like I usually just under the water. Under water, park it outside, dock it, anchor it. You know, tie yeah. it up like a boat. I think it was just there was a whole fleet. So none of them were specifically for Atlantis. Yeah. it was just. There was just a fleet of them. Mm. Most of them have been destroyed. Mm. Um, the Aurora was damaged trying to return. Yeah. The Orion was obviously docked at some point yeah. you know, in that little thing. So yeah. it just happened to be there. Because there was that line too about um, we was like, well, how come when we woke, when we accidentally woke up the Aurora, we didn't wake up the Orion? And mm. it was just like, oh, electromagnetic interference was too far below the surface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, 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 whatever. Mm. So yeah, there's potentially more out there. Yeah. But um, yeah, just the same class of ship. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't. I don't know where this is going, but 
Um, I dare say it'll come in handy because yeah. I'm and they're thinking. Well, going, as as Shepard said last week, we need more firepower. But I didn't want to get to I'm like, wow, the Orion, such a cool ship. And then you and Brennan go, and we never <laughs> see it again. <laughs> like, why? One thing I do love, and I've said it before, but I love it in in these you know the sci-fi trope. Uh, in a way, you get these big ships. Whether we're talking the Millennium Falcon um, <laughs> or any other big ship. And it's always every problem is fixed by opening up one panel. Yeah. You know, like I they're taking hits, there's damage, shields are down, we've blown up the hole. It's like cool, pull out that drawer, fix some wires, and we're all gravy, baby. A bypass. It's just a bypass. It's just a bypass somehow, everything. So just like a, the idea just a faulty carb car- carburetor. The Orion is massive. It's so big. How many football fields long is this thing? It's so big. And McKay's like, oh, there's so many problems with it. Okay, I'll take my iPad in there and I'll just like play around with some crystals. Open and up that one little boom. drawer yep. and pull out those two little pieces. We're so of good. We're going to fix the shield so the lava doesn't melt us. I'm going to fix the hyperdrive just enough to shoot us into orbit. I'm going to fix all the life support. Every Mate, we are fucking sweet. Don't worry about it. We're good. I'm like, man, that iPad is ahead yeah, of its that, time. That one little panel underneath. Underneath the desk that yep. he was in, when oh, yeah, he pulled right. his fingernail back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they re- like that one scene. I would have been pissed off until I, oh, I was until I remembered that they had no idea how long until the eruption was going to happen. Yeah. Like he had Hermia, Hermia, yeah. yeah. uh, up on the Daedalus. He's like, it's going to blow in like fifty-two seconds. Yeah, and then it cuts down to them, and he's underneath uh, the panel. And he's like, oh god damn it, my fingernail. And then she's, <laughs> that was the first time that scientist, what was her character name? I have no idea. What was her real name? Uh, Brandy Ledford. Brandy. Where Brandy says, oh yeah, that can really hurt. I'm like, oh, even you're sick of his shit now. Because up until this point, you're just so enamored with his brain that yeah. you either saw past it or just accepted it. Mm. Um, now you're like, oh dude, stop making everything. And then you know, he got up, he's like, who's got some nail clippers? And then he got up and he was like, whoa, I mean, I just... <sighs> stood up too quick. And I'm like, dude, you got 40 seconds left until you die. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, no, 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 They don't know that. Yeah, because then later on he goes and sits in the chair and he's like, yeah, it could be anywhere don't in the hold your breath. half hour. This could happen any time in 30 minutes. And I'm like, no, dude, you got about 18 seconds. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, like, I, I really, really like this episode. Um, yeah, it was fun. And we get that little last minute thing where we're like, oh, the Wraith are on their way again. Yeah. Just one ship. And it's like, it's not been this big thing that they drag out over... Mm. Heaps of it, like next next episode is the yeah, finale. Yeah, so it's, well, even you know, just the idea, I didn't think they would bring it up again, other than that mm. first bit, maybe twelve minutes in, where hey, there's some issues in this planet, and and oh, Zelenka, what's going on? Whoever saw it, and they're like, oh, hey, our um long range, uh, it's it's picked up a hive ship, just one. It's like, yeah, how long? Mm. Um, three weeks. And I thought, oh, well done. Because next week, that's obviously going to be a bit of a problem. And you don't want it just to have come out of nowhere. Like two weeks ago, or two episodes ago at that point, it'll be like, hey, Michael, he's went and rejoined the Wraith again. Oh, he's going to tell them about us. Nothing in the middle. And then all of a sudden, oh, they're here. Mm. Oh, what? Well, we had to because it's the season finale. No, they're going to just drop that in a little bit. And then but towards the end, it was like, hey, guys, just so you know, reset the chess pieces. All that shit's going on. By the way, we've picked up this Wraith ship. So yeah. um, apparently we'll get into it more in um, the finale episode in a couple of weeks. But yeah, apparently it was a very last minute sort of addition because 
uh, they were saying, you know, the first half of the season was very much planned out as the whole, where's Ford? What's Ford doing? What happened yeah. Ford? And that kind of finished with the boys in the hive. Yeah. And they were kind of just doing fun shit mm. at that point. And they went, oh, suddenly, you know, all the writers were like, oh, what, what are we, what, um, got that finale in a couple of weeks. <laughs> what are we, what are we doing? Already? What are we? Shit. What are we doing for that? <laughs> um, and yeah, so they kind of, you know, realized they could use the Michael staff and okay, Michael's let the Wraith know that they're there. So yeah. the Wraith are going to come and investigate, see what's going on, you know, and yeah, give us our, give us our finale. Mm. Yeah. God, what would it have been like if in episode, episode like two, imagine if they would have had the, the foresight to, off the back of the three episode carryover, yeah. you know, between uh, season one and season two. To have had this mysterious guy wake up and he, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're part of that team that just come back from Earth and blah, blah, blah. And oh, and have a slow burn of like. Yeah. Like, don't even like, have, don't even feature it. Was episode four or five, we were introduced to Cadman, the chick that like um, mm, swapped, mm. Uh, was, went inside McKay. Yeah. Something like that, like a like, recurring yeah. character like Like, I get that you don't cool. have the dual, you would have had to have had the dual state episode a lot um, earlier. Yeah. But at the same time, you imagine if they would have had the, and we would have had this. This this guy just around and that would have been cool. in a like, believable. Why are we we never seen him? Well, he's just come off the Daedalus. Like or, a lawn. Imagine if like the yeah. episode where we thought Lawn would have been killed, it'd have been Michael yep. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh it's like, oh, by God. the way, he's a wraith. And then you're like, then you're looking at the whole season now, going, yeah, oh, you fucking liars, picking up little you, little shady bits the whole way through. Yeah, going, yeah. Oh, they were lying. That would have been kind of cool. Now I hate this whole season. He didn't have that. Oh, Peter, no. Peter and Co. I'm sorry. Martin, I'm not sorry Way for you. Way to ruin it. You. Martin Giro. Yeah, Martin Wood, absolutely. I am sorry for you. Absolutely. The good Martin. <laughs> M1 and M2. Yeah. Now, I did tease this for you at the start of the episode when you're talking about the R word that we can't say. Uh-huh. Yeah, this was this was, this was a present for Brendan, but he's not here, so. So, do you know you remember Mitch? Mitch from the X-Files. Hey. Mitch hey. from the X-Files. He's wonderful. And I got to tell you something. When I'm his age... If I look that good in a unitard, <laughs> just just give me a kiss. Can't you, know you just I'm... call it a flight suit, not a unitard? Well, but it... Because <laughs> it's got the word tard in it. It does have the word tard in it. But, you know, in this day and age, I think we can we can say that and, and feel okay about it. <laughs> They're always about to apologize for them, going, yeah. well, in that day and age, you probably could have said yeah. that, and it would have been fine. It's fine. 2006, it's fine. <laughs> See... That's the sort of that's the sort of comment and humor that they usually get on this podcast. Yeah, when you say unitard, which is f- a fine word on its own. Yeah, but then we make a thing out of it. Yeah, they would be like, what? "Oh, kid, kids in flame, retarded." Yeah, um, onesies. It's like that's not the word. What color was Weir's belt? Black. Oh, well, why got to be black? Why got to be black? Why got to be black? I would have so, said that. No, I wouldn't. No. Uh, in fact, we didn't. Absolutely. Not. So, I mean, no one in this episode was black, so that's fine. <laughs> Well, I'm very much looking forward to Allies then because, mm. uh, again, uh, first time watcher and yeah. I'm heading into my second season our, finale of our Atlantis. new Allies, the Trananans. And at this point, we're stuck with them for at least a little while. We'll find them a planet or they could have just, you know, they could just be living in Atlantis. Um, because yeah. you know they, I like they went through all that as well. It's like, hey, look, this shit, you, you, you're not gonna be able to go back to your planet for years, okay? Yeah. All and, your shit's gonna be dead. And luckily, we've got three weeks to get the Orion up and running. <laughs> McKay's just gonna hop on. I love actually that was one thing before we go that that Shepard actually like to the camera, but also to Brandy was just like, well, I mean, McKay made the point. He's like, are you trying to? 
crushed my ego yeah. to a point that I'm going to want to fight back just to inflame my ego and get the problem solved under pressure. He's like, oh, I would never do that. He's like, no, this is, what, this is actually he, what he as does. As he pulls a lemon out of yeah. his jacket, and you're like, I would never. <laughs> hey, you just want me to start peeling this? You want yeah. a martini? Pulls out hey? his knife and just yeah. starts peeling it and just dropping bits of uh, lemon just rind. It, just squeezing it across yeah. the room. Snake spitting it. Like, yeah. It's fresh. I love that. They, yeah, I, I love that that they actually made fun of that because yeah. it's like, oh, well, that's yeah, well, worked last week. Works every other week when we're not bringing it up. But the fact that they said to the audience, "Hey, look, even the characters are aware this is what they yeah. need to do to get and shit it's, done." And it's that slow build, like you know, I feel like McKay from SG One would not have been that self aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just that slow build of his character, of him yeah, understanding his flaws as a person, but then also finding the. Uh, the benefits in that. It's yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. you know, you're some a flawed person, but when I'm when I'm at my worst, I'm at my best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, becoming likable in his unlikability. Yeah. Well, that's episode two hundred and twenty-four of Get Into Gate. Next week, like Maddie said earlier, we're talking the season finale. That's the next two episodes. Season finale time, guys. Yeah. But of SG one, that comes first, Camelot, starring John Noble. Starring. Well, I mean, he features, perhaps. I don't know. I haven't seen this episode in 10 years, but I've certainly seen him in a thumbnail for the episode. <laughs> he looks like a thumb. And he looks like um, uh, Ozzy Osbourne does now. He does. Yeah. Does he look like Lincoln Lewis's dad? Not really, but they certainly played father and son in a film once. Oh, so, that's right. Yes. I mean, he also played brothers to uh, Brendan Sassafay. Thwaites. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. I saw that. I could see that, though. Really? Oh, mate. I, you're his actual brother. I know. And I t- I met Brenton Thwaites yeah, not wow. eight meters from where we were standing. And I said to him outside of the studio, he'd come in for an interview, and I said, mm. mate, I'm Lincoln Lewis's brother. And because they did a, sh- a show, for those unaware, called Slide. Great mm. show. Great little Why don't show. you slide? Uh, it wasn't the actual theme song, but it should have been. Um opportunity. And yeah, he was, the, he was the lead star in it. And mm. uh, no, he wasn't. Sorry. He was one of the main five. One of the... One of the core five, and uh, Lincoln was his older brother, and um, and I said to him, "You look more like his brother than I do, and I am really? his brother." Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I don't I, see it. Oh, I can ab- oh, less so now. Ooh. Maybe I'd have to watch the show again. Maybe yeah. there was something about Brenton Thwaites, like late teens, early twenties. Okay. All right. I don't know. Let's see what you're putting down. Yeah, but then some people see Lincoln and I, and they go, "Oh my god, absolutely brothers." I'm like, "Don't put that on him." <laughs> Look at me. I mean, yeah, you've you've had a glow up, but from you know, from your early twenties to to now. What do you mean? I feel like you you're a teenager. Yeah, great. Then there was this weird drop off where you had the the shaggy hair. It was a weird. Yeah, I, I definitely cared there some, less. There was some awkward years in the middle there. But I always had the. I always had like the up. the like the bangs. I had yeah. the Bieber. I had the early Bieber That's look. That's right. Yeah. Like my whole life. But but Bieber, if if it was styled by. <sighs> The scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz kind of thing. Yeah, and then yeah. I, well, I was going to say I had a stage where I thought I was one of the Beatles, like with my hair. But no, I actually grew that mm. out for one of the world's greatest shave events. Yeah. But uh, and then I was bald for a little while while I grew back. But um, generally speaking, yeah, yeah, no, no, fair enough. Like mm. I'd like to think that, you know, anything I've got going on now, either it's like it's done ironically. Yeah, we've so, embraced the scruff too. Yeah. We've embraced the scruff. I'd happily, every time I actually clean shave, I go, I've got to do this all the time. <sighs> this is great. But then Sarah's like, I like it with like, you know, a two-day gro- two growth on it. Yeah. But then two-day growth gets lazy and it becomes a two-week growth. 
Ah. And then I bitch and moan about it for three days until I find time. And then it's just, you know, I get a haircut today and I haven't got one for like, I don't know, two and a half months. Every time yeah. I go in there, I go, oi, I'll see you in a fortnight. I oh, look, God, no. I want to look like a cartoon what character. Are you a czar? No, but look, uh, he's a good mate. And I get it real cheap. Oh, okay. And that way I would basically always look the same. Yeah, right. You know? I look like Bart Simpson. Not necessarily when, wear the same um, clothes every time. When I used to work at the parents' hardware store when I was like, you know, early teens, mm. I always knew when it was time for a haircut when like the when I worked the register mm. and like the, the half-blind old guys would come in to buy <laughs> stuff yeah. would misgender me. and be like, thanks, love. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hair's a bit long. Ooh, hello now. Time for a haircut. <laughs> yes, well. Yeah. You know, we're... As we said, we've all had mistakes See, in our past. It's not just for the trans people. We all get misgendered. That's it, right? Hey? You know? We're all the same. Ally! <laughs> oh, that's next week's episode. Bye! Get into geek. Get into gate. Get into gate, Stargate Podcast. Get into it now before it's too late.